0: It's definitely well above 100. I don't I don't really know exactly what that number is.
1: I could just be direct and ask the question I'm trying to reverse engineer, which is your MRR today is something like 10 or 20 grand a month, something like that.
0: Don't really know the number yet. I mean, oh, we, come on. we haven't
1: Andrew, even... Come on, you have to know your monthly recurring revenue. It's got to be in that, something in that range. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. Hey folks, my guest today is Andrew Millick. He's the co-founder and CEO of Skiff, a private end-to-end encrypted Web3 native collaboration platform. Previously, he was a Henry Ford II scholar at Stanford University and worked on autonomous vehicles at SpaceX. Andrew, you ready to take us to the top?
0: I'm ready. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nathan.
1: You bet. What's the connection between autonomous vehicles and private end-to-end encryption?
0: That's a great question. So I had done some work, you know, unrelated on AVs uh, on security and on privacy before as well. But I actually think for a lot of our team and some people also have backgrounds in working on autonomy and space and, you know, safety critical applications, a lot of it is just loving to do engineering that is super intense, you know, the best testing, the best security, the best performance. And I think that applies, you know, pretty clearly to working on stuff at SpaceX and autonomous vehicles and also to, you know, all the security and privacy work we do at Skiff.
1: Now, if someone looked at your website and the screenshots you use, they might mistake you for, mo- uh, for Notion, right? So like, you are in a sort of, a, what, a more private version of Notion, encrypted?
0: Yeah, I'd say, so Skiff's vision is to be this kind of Web3 native, own your own data, privacy first, end end encrypted workspace. So a lot of that today is collaboration, you know, writing, sharing, sending documents and files. But actually, in a few weeks, we're kind of broadening that vision significantly and bringing in kind of more aspects of the typical Google WorkSuite. And so you'll see that in the next few weeks. Um But yeah, I mean, we kind of built Skiff from the ground up to be a lot like the collaborative products that have evolved today, but significantly more private in its kind of foundations and the way the entire software is architected. And also, more importantly, in the way the company is positioned, where we don't have access to everything you write and you share, and you're the only person who owns your data.
1: Very interesting. And so monetization model here would be what?
0: Yeah, great question. So that's pretty similar to SaaS products. You'll pay for a subscription or for kind of the storage and services you use. I think Skiff also has this option to sign in with a crypto wallet. And we're kind of actually announcing some huge partnerships on that front, you know, in the next month as well. But that opens up so many more possibilities for so basically like monetizing a lot more in a granular way services that people really want to use. You know, your identity service is linked to your kind of financial services in this wallet. And also to kind of more importantly. Public key infrastructure, which which lets you actually communicate privately and securely with kind of anyone else in the world.
1: Interesting. Pre revenue today, or have some have a couple of paying customers?
0: We have we have some paying customers, a bunch of individuals, and then um, we're kind of we we have some kind of I'd say small to medium sized businesses, up to hundred people paying for Skip, and then we're rolling out a self serve enterprise option. Fingers crossed in the next couple of days.
1: That's awesome. It's a great it's a great time to be building. So that's exciting for you. Um, what are folks paying on average per month for it?
0: Uh, Great question. So uh, for the individual plan, people are paying, I believe it's $10 a month, or maybe there's an annual plan discount. And enterprise is anywhere from, um, depending on the options you choose, you know, about double that.
1: Okay, got it. So maybe 2030, but you're talking about per seat or for the whole enterprise?
0: Per person per month.
1: Yeah, per person per month. Okay. Um, interesting. And, you know, pricing is one of those things. that's very tricky. Uh, your former yeah. boss, Elon, is going thinking about this right now with Twitter. Do you monetize? Do you not? What happens? But is 10 bucks a month the right price point? How are you testing that? How are you trying to get to that answer?
0: That's a great question. Uh, honestly, from a lot of the entrepreneurs we've spoken with, you know, at this stage in the company, you kind of throw a dart on the wall and look at just like the comps, the comparables. Um, so I don't know if you have any great pricing resources, because we'd love to look at them. But You know, we've heard companies from Evernote to Google to, you know, many kind of um, API products just kind of choose a really simple and, you know, intuitive number that divides nicely and is reasonable with comparables and then kind of take it from there. So I don't know if you've seen any good resources on that either.
1: I mean, I don't have any answers here. I mean, I think what where I do think there's a big gap here is what people never quantify with pricing is what you miss out on when you put up a paywall in terms of engagement and what the opportunity cost is. Right. And so like, I think a lot of people put up a paywall because they want to make money if they've raised VC. But ultimately, if you have no paywall, does your engagement go through the roof and you become the new de facto platform. It's a hard balance.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think a lot of the people on the team and you know, the way the product is oriented today is to focus on growth and engagement and all that stuff. Like, We specifically don't want to put paywalls on things that will make you kind of have a better experience on day one on Skit. So, mm-hmm. for example, our templates feature, which lets you kind of share and use antenna encrypted templates, uh, searching through anti-encrypted data, which some other products and privacy monetize. All of those are kind of just critical in migrating from any other product. You'd expect that in its in your operating system or in you know, all the kind of collaborative products you use today. And so it'd be rough for us or kind of, you know, against our mission to monetize these things that let people onboard on the skip and have a good experience. So we, we yeah. don't want to monetize that.
1: I think a really interesting way to think about pricing, but reverse engineering it for both you or anyone listening is to go, is to ask yourself the question, what percent of your users do you want to be paying? And if you yeah. decide that it's 1%, well, then you go, okay, well, what's the activation metric or the usage metric for tracking? Yeah. And how high does it have to be to only hit one percent of our power users? So, like for you, might what that might be templates, it sounds like, or something like that?
0: Yeah. so one of the things we can monetize pretty easily is storage space. People are probably paying for storage space in their life already, whether it's on Google or it's on Dropbox or something else. Um and so that's something that's pretty common. Also, it's you know it scales linearly with what you'd expect. Like you pay for more storage and you get more storage for your files. So that's pretty simple. Um, I think for us also enterprise and teams is really, natural to monetize too, of course. One, because like every business has expects to pay for their collaborative products. And two, just because they also might want, you know, either in their compliance process or they might want kind of things tweaked for them or something like that. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big area we'll work on too. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Storage is one of those things that's nice. If they use you more and you require uploads and templates, it's a natural upsell, natural net dollar retention. We'll sort of see what happens there. That's exciting. Okay. Put this on a timeline for me. When did you write the first line of code for the platform?
0: Great question. Um so actually in late 2019, so November, December 2019 by myself.
1: That's amazing. Then. Okay, so are you sole founder on hundred percent on day one?
0: No, well, I no. Um, so I kind of was writing code in my free time, basically after work, you know, eight or nine hours, which is exhausting for four, you know, four months or so. In that process, I started working with Jason, our co-founder and CTO. Jason is awesome. Jason was one of the only designers that I knew at Stanford, and he studied electrical engineering as well. Um, And so we started collaborating. He was kind of across the country finishing a master's, started working together, and then the company was founded. COVID was also starting. And so, you know, we kind of took it from there.
1: You guys just split 50-50?
0: Yeah, roughly that. I mean, I kind of set up a lot of the structure in those interim few months. And so then we kind of, we we wanted to work together as equals.
1: All right, 55-45, something like that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well i think it is really important to have a co-founder who's not you know like not a 595 split or you know a really unequal split just because there are so many rough and grinds you know grinding moments in that first few years that i think just having a co-founder was one of the only ways we got this far
1: yeah and not that we're
0: anywhere close to success yet just gonna
1: yeah yeah but you're saying so i mean the flip side would be if you only if you have one founder you can move much quicker because two people don't have to agree on everything
0: that's true. That's true. I think we yeah. found that for 90% of the time or more, like we just agree on everything. We don't even make decisions. And then there are a few, you know, tough moments where we need to have a better process or agree on priorities or stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love that. All right. So 2019, you're coding, you team up with Jason. How many customers yeah. are you now serving today? Paying, paying, paying seats?
0: Uh, good question. So that's probably in the... We don't really... It's a small number right now. We're not really kind of you know like seats, though,
1: or like hundred
0: no, 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 no. it's it's orders of magnitude more, but the overall metric you know used on the platform is in the tens of thousands
1: okay, tens of thousands of seats used, free and yeah. paid,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: okay. And would you consider like five percent of them paying a good conversion rate?
0: I think one to five percent is a okay you know what we see as good comparables
1: okay, so i'll keep I'll keep this vague in a big range. fair to say you have between okay. like a hundred and a thousand paid seats, something like that uh. It's more than a thousand posts. Okay, I it's, don't,
0: I don't it's more than a state th- number. It's likely, it's definitely well above a hundred. I don't, I, I don't really know exactly what that number is.
1: I could just be direct and ask the question. I'm trying to reverse engineer, which is your MRR today is something like ten or twenty grand a month, something like that.
0: Don't really know the number yet. I mean, oh, come we, we on. haven't Andrew, even...
1: Come on, you have to know your monthly recurring revenue. It's got to be in that, something in that range.
0: No, it's, it's super important for the business. We haven't even launched self-serve subscriptions. And so honestly, the most important metrics for us are like our seven-day retention, our you know, month-over-month and Dow growth, um, that kind of stuff. That's what we really like grind towards every day.
1: What's your, what's your month-over-month MAU growth?
0: So it, it's been pretty substantial. It's been, I think, over 30% for the last few months. There are things that change that a lot. Like We had a YouTube video released about Skiff in China on Friday that probably bumped our growth up 30% in three days. So we'll, it's yeah. unclear how sustainable those events are, but um, you know, we're kind of aiming to do 30% month over month growth for the next year or so. And, and,
1: and, and Mao, Monthly Active Users, right? A, a, a big question besides just growth is how do you, how do you define a monthly active user, right? Yeah. So is that a login? Is that more engagement than just a login? Good <laughs> question.
0: Yeah. So we've gone with the most honest definition today, which is just you've logged in, you've created an account, anything, you've done any single action. and So that's in the five digits right now. Um,
1: five digits, meaning like more than a thousand people doing that monthly?
0: More than more than 9,000. Sorry, 9, 10,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that said, uh, I also know plenty of like, I'd love to know if you have any comparables on that, because I know plenty of companies that define it as like much more strictly
1: no no I have no idea I have no absolutely no idea Just, <laughs> everyone's different right everyone's The metrics
0: different. get better the more you know strict that definition is. so yeah
1: yeah oh, know, what we'll I can tell you, you is I, I there are I know plenty of stories where founders have really healthy maU metrics when you dig deeper they define it as something very easy like a login which is not a real indicator of product right. value uh, and then they they think they're stronger than they are and they end up collapsing so I mean you, right. you obviously figure this out as you go along
0: yeah so skiff is super privacy focused we you know, really collect as little information as we can. So, like, there's no client side tracking, anything like that. The stuff that matters to us is like, you know, do you have, like, are you creating documents? Are you, you know, coming back to the platform, back to the stuff? And so, really basic, like, stuff like that.
1: How do you but define seven? Like... Go, ahead, go yeah. ahead. How do you define seven day retention?
0: We look at two options. One is like. You know, in the last seven days, what percentage of users came on or after day X? So we'll look at that retention curve and then also the day, the on day X retention curve.
1: Remote teams are all the rage right now. In fact, many companies want to stay this way, even post pandemic. And the reasoning is obvious. Hiring talent from anywhere in the world means you can bring on better talent. But the challenges are very real. How do you manage employees in other countries, legally and easily? What about international payroll, employee benefits? What are taxes like in countries that are far away from where you're based? You need to understand all of this, including local paperwork and local compliance for all your remote employees. Now, two of the most successful remote companies, both GitLab and Zapier, have reached multi-billion dollar valuations, and they use a special tool, a secret portal, I like to call it, at remote.com. Remote's platform is easy to use for full-time employees, contractors, and your HR team. They help you scale your international team, your remote team, at a price you can afford. Now, look, when I sign up sponsors, you guys know I like to get a great deal for our listeners. Otherwise, we won't run the sponsorship. Well, Remote has delivered. Sign up today and receive a 50% discount off your first employee for the first three months. Check out nathanlaka.com forward slash remote and enter promo code LATKA to get started. That's NathanLatka.com forward slash remote and promo code L-E-T-K-A. Check it out today before you miss out. So they sign up today. How many times do they log back in in the same day versus over the next seven days after sign up?
0: Yeah, so basically like after seven days, what percentage of users came back on or after day two, on or after day three, et cetera.
1: Mm, Interesting, interesting. Where day zero is always sign up date. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, but, it, but you're unable to tell why they might log in on day two, three, four B cause they uploaded, they want to upload a template cause you're not able to go and track a template upload.
0: Uh, we have super basic stuff that's helpful for us to just also like track our kind of monetization metrics. So like if they, you know, end up using a lot of storage on skip, that could be something that would lead to higher retention and we'll see them monetize, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, we don't really track like, you know, are they using this specific feature excessively or are they doing something else like that? What we can know is like what percentage of users are downloading our mobile apps and are those people coming back? You know, those for those who opt into tracking on iOS, et cetera, you know, we can get some information like that. And yeah. obviously stuff like mobile apps, desktop apps leads to much higher retention in products like ours.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, you've mentioned, I think, well, have you boot or raised?
0: We've done a seed round in a series, I
1: Ah, okay. Got it. So when was the seed round? What year?
0: So started writing code end of 2019. The seed round was about June, 2020, June, okay. July, maybe July. And, and how much did you raise there? So we raised, I think two and a half million initially. And then we ended up adding about one and a half million half a million from angel investors right after that. So it ended up being about four.
1: Four on your pre-seed round, right? Yeah. Traditional, safe, uncapped?
0: Uh, no, we, we had valuation caps. I don't think we've shared that externally, but we kind of had done two pretty, I think, um, you know, reasonable valuation caps at the time. I'll tell you from what you're looking at, median seed valuations today, it's probably fifty percent less or more.
1: Uh fifty percent. Okay, so let me tell you what I'm seeing, and then you tell me what you mean by when okay. you say fifty percent less or more. Um, so, like, what I'm seeing today is traditional seed round is like a million on a five cap. If you're really good, maybe two million on a ten cap or something like that.
0: Got it. It was about that. I mean, I'm reading in the news. Things have gone up in the last few months, but it was, it was about that. What
1: are you seeing? What do you, what do you mean? Like two on 20 or something?
0: Yeah, I've seen that kind of stuff. I think for you know more experienced founders or with you know a lot of engineering experience and that stuff, I've seen it go into the 20s yeah, or yeah. more. And ours was well below that.
1: I see. I see. So total today you raised four or just in 2020, you raised 4 million?
0: So in the seed round, we raised about four, 4.1 yeah. or two. Um, then in the series A, we raised 10 and a half.
1: I see. Okay, guys. So you've, you've you've scaled. This is starting to make sense when you talk about your user numbers uh, and where the growth is coming from. So <laughs> you raised ten point five. That was this year.
0: Ah, uh, that was late last year.
1: Late last year. End okay. of
0: last summer, like uh, August, July, August, September. Yeah. Okay. And least, so, what do you need? September close.
1: What What makes this so expensive to build?
0: We just hire engineers. Honestly, um, <laughs> <laughs> we we spend almost no money in marketing. We spend a little money on an office, although we're mostly remote. Uh, it's really just really good engineering. I think basically we're building a product that hasn't been built before. That said, we also want to look and feel like the products you use and love today. And so it's just a lot of upfront cost on building something that's end-end encrypted, much more decentralized, and then making it really, really, really good.
1: Yeah. How far, like what revenue do you think you need to hit to actually go out and raise a competitive series B at some point?
0: That's a great question. I think we want to have at least 10 times or more as many users. We'll see what that looks like. I also think we don't need to kind of grow our team significantly. We have an incredible engineering team today, like with amazing experience in, you know, security, blockchain, autonomy, all sorts of different stuff. And so I think like we just need to keep making our product better over the next year and, you know, not grow our team a huge amount. So really just start to kind of lead into that, hopefully continuing 30% month over month growth.
1: You didn't use the word revenue in that answer. So do you think you can raise a competitive series B without focusing on revenue, as long as you double triple the user base?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I think we, more, we want to do much more than double or triple. Also, by the way, out of the kind of 14000000 million we've raised, like more than two-thirds is still unspent. So we're, we're trying to be cautious on that.
1: So just be clear, revenue like about $10 million in the bank still.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we also definitely want the revenue to kind of match that 30% month-over-month month growth. But the kind of most important thing is like, we just cannot... We'll, we'll never generate significant revenue if we don't reach millions of users. And so the most important thing will be reaching millions of users. mm
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Why do you say that? I mean, uh, I mean, now you could see a playbook here where this is, it becomes an enterprise-focused tool, very encrypted, very secure, uh, and it becomes like totally a right. base, You know what I mean? I mean, it can do t- 30, 50, 100 yeah, million. Yeah, that's a great
0: point. Um, that's a great point. I think we also want to leave that option open. And so I don't think we need to kind of double our burn in the next six months. Too
1: Fair, fair, fair. Okay. And most what I'm seeing today in Series A is your f- great vendors are selling between maybe 10 and 15% of the business. Were you sort of in that same range? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you broke a hundred million dollar valuation then on the last raise.
0: Um, we're, we're not revealing that much, but it was between, that's a, yes, I'll give you that. That's a yes. Uh, I, I, I couldn't say I, it really might not be, but it was between 10 and 15% solution. Uh,
1: fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, well, I mean, people can do them. You you give us all the numbers we need to do the math, right? Ten to fifteen percent. Yeah, you'll, you'll come up 5. with you'll
0: come up with a <laughs> you know a comparable range.
1: Yeah, you could you could are you know ninety pre you know ninety nine point nine 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 post something like that. Who knows? But anyways, congrats on getting that done. Um, talk to me more about Thank the you. team. How many how many folks are on the team today full time?
0: Yeah, so we're about 15, 15 to twenty, um, all over the world. A bunch in the Bay Area, some in New York, some in France, some in Israel, some in uh, Hungary and Egypt, and you know the rest of the world.
1: That's One amazing. in Taiwan. 15 full time, that's great. So, how, I yeah. guess, you, this is a, you wouldn't be able to raise what you're raising unless your MAU, your DAU, your seven day, all that was very, very healthy, right? So, this is very much like a product led growth function here, right? How are you, yeah. how are yeah. users finding you? I understand when one user finds you, how you expand in the team. Totally. But how does that first totally. user find you?
0: So, honestly, we, uh, product led growth, I think, is very difficult and also very time consuming, as in like you will not see thousands of users immediately signing up. Like the whole point of like compounding growth is, you know, it'll look flat and then you look back and it looks flat and you look forward and it looks, you know, vertical and the whole, you know, like compounding exponential growth. So honestly, we just grinded a lot of privacy communities that we could. And like many of us are just members of those communities, either like, you know, security conferences or Slack communities on privacy can or slash privacy. Can you name a
1: couple of those? Like the conference name, the Slack group name? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So like security conferences, um, like DEF CON, you know, Loco LocoMocoSec is one we're working with right now. You know, all the Ethereum conferences, DevConnect, NFT New York, you know, NFT Miami, all of those, you know, a lot of crypto people are also very kind of interested in privacy. Like we've been on all the Twitter profiles that are like pseudonymous NFT people. Many of those people also really believe in privacy and owning their own data. So those conferences like r slash privacy, r slash privacy tools, lots of subreddits on this, lots of Telegram and Discord channels on privacy and privacy tools on, you know, just really getting into the communities like that. And many of them gave us really critical feedback as well, like rewrite your privacy, private policy, you know, look at this product security model, et cetera. And so I think in this product like growth, it was like a lot of tuning in the first eight months to kind of get uh, ideological clarity from these people. And now it's kind of picked up a lot in more sustainable growth.
1: Mm -hmm. So the Department of Justice calls you 10 years from now. You're a billion dollar company. They say one of your pseudo anonymous Twitter users, we've decided they're hiding money in Puerto Rico and we need access to their private skiff thing. Do you open up a back door for the Department of Justice or no?
0: That's a great question. I think definitely not. And there's no legal precedent that we would do that. Um, Yeah.
1: I just put it to you, right? That's the question. Well,
0: that said, we also, you know, in a more decentralized platform, it'd be like there's no way you could get some person to just release their wallet private key or something. In worst case, you know, they may get rid of it. So yes. I think that's all through, you know the awesome crossover between privacy and crypto here. Like at a bare minimum, every crypto wallet is a private key, and so you could do all sorts of things with that private key, like communicating, and sending messages, and sending documents and collaborating.
1: Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Before we wrap up, do you think you make yeah. three million dollars in terms of run rate this year?
0: I have no idea. I, I look. I just pray I never speculate about the future. I'll only, you know, look at the past. All right. Let's wrap
1: up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite book.
0: Uh,
1: Hmm. Hmm. Or last one you read might be a better question.
0: Yeah. I read, uh, uh, I honestly read really nonfiction focused books. And so I've been reading a book about why Germany chose to declare war on the United States in world war two. That was just reviewed in the New York Times.
1: Do you know the Do you know the name of the book?
0: Yeah, it's called Hitler's American Gamble.
1: Hitler's America. Interesting. Okay, number two. Is there a CEO you're following or studying?
0: Uh, hmm. Good question. Uh, hmm. I mean, I don't want to jump on the SpaceX, Tesla, Twitter. You know fan train or anti fan train. Um, but I look at that. I think also just, we have some great angel investor CEOs like Alexander, the CEO of scale. And, um, you know, I think he's been a great role model too, to also David, the CEO of Retool.
1: How'd you get the former president of Stanford University, John Hennessy, uh, uh, on your, on your rise? How much equity do you have to give him?
0: Uh, good question. Honestly, we just asked him if he'd be interested in, you know, He's extremely technical and understood Skiff quite well. And so we would take any check from him. Uh, also, both Jason and I grinded as much as we can. Both tried to give as much and get so much from being at Stanford. Could not be more grateful for that.
1: That's awesome. Okay. So he he a small angel check in that, those, that 4 million yeah. you raised back in 2019. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool for building Skiff?
0: Um, wow. Okay. I have a deep answer on that. I actually am really enjoying GitHub Copilot. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically this like GPT-3 based AI code writing solution that GitHub built. And I don't just use it for writing code, I actually use it for writing comments too. And it's not always perfect, but it just like saves a lot of the annoying, you know, bracketing, for loop, while loop, commenting stuff too.
1: Yeah, no, I've heard great things about Copilot. Uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
0: Um, probably six to seven.
1: Okay, fair. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Single. All right. No kids. And how old are you?
0: 25.
1: 25. Last question. Something you wish you knew five years ago when you were 20.
0: Um, I think I had, wish I had much more clarity that probably an amazing use of my time would just to continue becoming a better engineer.
1: Guys, there you have it, skiff.org. He was noodling on it back in 2019, raised 4 million bucks in terms of pre-seed rounds, sold 10 to 15% of the business. Uh, sorry, 10 to 20% of the business, then raised another 10 million in 2021 as his monthly active user started taking off again for effect, I would call it, he wouldn't call this, but I would call it a very heavy, privacy-focused version of Notion, which there's a massive market for, uh, sold on that Series A between sort of 10 and 15% of the business. Now, 15 engineers, all remote, as they continue to scale, again, focusing on those core MAU, DAU metrics, signing people up from security conferences, Reddit uh, profiles, Telegram, and Discord channels. We'll see where it goes next. But Andrew, in the meantime, thanks for taking us to the top.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much.